0: the dress code is sequins, I would like to be informed. So, a little bummed that I didn't get to participate in that fun, but thank you for blessing us with such wonderful music. As I said before, I'm reading uh, two versions of the Beatitudes, familiar scriptures, um, during the sermon today. And so, I invite you, as familiar as this scripture might be, to truly listen, to hear what the Spirit is saying through these ancient words. Hear now the word of the Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, For your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God bless our understanding of this sacred text. And I invite you to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Once upon a time, a man named Moses was chosen by God to lead the Hebrew people out of Egypt, where they had been been enslaved for generations. Although they were delivered into freedom, they were lost. At least they wandered, walking circles in the desert for 40 long years. God used that wandering season to reshape them, into a people of purpose, a people of covenant. God did this by meeting Moses on a mountain and handing over the Ten Commandments that became the pillars of the law. That law was in turn the foundation of the covenant between God and the people called Israel. Granted, the people called Israel tended to break the commandments, and then they would break the shards of the shattered commandments for good measure. But God could not quit on them. I don't know why God could not quit on them. I think most of us would have given up and gone home. I suppose it has something to do with the character of God. Our holy scriptures testify that the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. It takes a lot of mercy and grace and a long temper and an abundance of love to deal with people, given the character of people. People can be so people So, it matters that Jesus climbed a mountain before he started teaching that day. Matthew wants us to notice this detail, and not just to be impressed by the cardiovascular conditioning of the Son of God. Matthew wants our little brains to light up with recognition, to make the connection between the law given to Moses and the teaching offered by Jesus. When Jesus sits on that mountainside and takes a deep breath to begin speaking, we aren't just supposed to think, oh, this is gonna be important. We are supposed to think, oh, this is going to be everything. And everything it is. The verses we call the Beatitudes are part of the Sermon on the Mount, or mountain in which Jesus masterfully reinterprets the law in light of the coming kingdom of heaven. The teachings are stunning, profound, and true. Of course, it is easy to forget this when that familiarity sets in. I think that's why I was so moved by the First Nations version of this scripture. It is an indigenous translation by and for Native Americans, and again, it is beautiful. In that version, the Beatitudes go like this. Creator's blessing rests on the poor, the ones with broken spirits. The good road from above is theirs to walk. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who walk softly and in a humble manner. The earth, land, and sky will welcome them and always be their home. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who hunger and thirst for wrongs to be made right again. They will eat and drink until they are full. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who are merciful and kind to others. Their kindness will find its way back to them, full circle. Creator's blessing rests on the pure of heart. They are the ones who will see the great spirit. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who make peace. It will be said of them, they are the children of the great spirit. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who are hunted down and mistreated for doing what is right, for they are walking the good road from above. Others will lie about you, speak against you, and look down on you with scorn and contempt, all because you walk the road with me. This is a sign that Creator's blessing is resting on you. So let your hearts be glad and jump for joy, for you will be honored in the spirit world above. You are like the prophets of old, who were treated in the same way by your ancestors. There ends the First Nations reading of the text. What becomes even clearer to me, in this rendering, is that despite the allusion to Moses on the mountain, the Beatitudes are not commandments. Although they do describe a radically ethical way of being in the world, they are not a moral code of conduct. If they were, they would echo the imperative of those ancient commands. But Jesus is not telling the gathered crowd to be poor or to mourn or to be meek. He isn't even telling them to be kind and merciful or to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Instead of issuing a new law, Jesus is describing a new reality. A reality in which the poor, and mourning, and meek are blessed. A reality in which God's blessing rests on those with pure hearts and battered souls. A reality in which we are wise to place all of our hope, all of our faith, and all of our trust. No, the Beatitudes are not commandments. The Beatitudes are promises. And they are especially poignant promises for those whose present reality is marked by pain. When a woman is stricken by grief, she does not feel blessed. When a man is devastated by an unjust incarceration, he does not necessarily feel Creator's blessing resting on his shoulders. To be perfectly honest, it can seem kind of foolish to put your hope, faith, and trust in such ridiculous and unlikely promises. But these promises are weighty weightier than the stone tablets Moses carried down from his mountain. These promises are being made by the single most trustworthy person who ever walked the earth, by the very Son of God, perched on the mountainside like a hiker taking a rest. These promises are not etched into stone, but expressed in flesh and blood. And as that holy hiker walked the good road from above, he would embody every single one of these beatitudes. Every single one. All the way down to persecution unto death, and all the way back from death to new and everlasting life. God's blessing never once slipped from his shoulders. Today, some of us have broken spirits. Some of us are still waiting for wrongs to be made right. Some of us are so merciful and kind, we have to remind ourselves that establishing boundaries is not an unkindness to others, but a kindness to ourselves. Some of us have pure hearts full of courage and conviction. Some of us are peacemakers, quietly repairing frayed relationships through calm presence. Some of us feel like no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, we are misunderstood and blamed for whatever goes wrong. Some of us are holding shattered commandments in our hands. And God's blessing rests upon us. God's blessing rests upon us. Even now, when we walk the ordinary sidewalks of our ordinary neighborhoods, Jesus grants us access to the good road from above. What a beautiful rendering of the kingdom of heaven, the good road from above. Even now, when we are still under the thumb of a fallen world, Jesus sits on that mountain and invites us into the kingdom of heaven. Indeed, every time we make that choice to follow in his footsteps, and we embody the Beatitudes for a fleeting moment, we are glimpsing the new reality, the perfect realm. It is personal and it is political. It is heavenly and it is earthly. It is our future and it is our present. And so friends, hope in this, trust in this, put your faith in this. God's blessing will never slip from your shoulders. May it be so. Amen.